Is this frequency in use? Welcome to Southgate Vibes, a selection of the latest stories direct from Southgate Amateur Radio News. I'm Steve Richards, Golf 4 Hotel Papa Echo. You're going to hear my personal picks of what is happening in amateur radio and the wider world of communications. Whether you're just starting out in ham radio or an experienced operator spinning around the spectrum for those rare and sometimes strange signals, I hope you'll find something to entertain you here. Welcome to Southgate Vibes. Hi there, thanks for tuning in. If this is your first visit to Southgate Vibes, a particularly warm welcome to this podcast number 199, meaning of course that you've only got 198 to listen back to. They're all there on Spotify, Apple, Google and so on. Just search for the podcast and the history unfolds beneath the latest episode. When they eventually help me gently away to a place of safety, I'm sure there is plenty of evidence in that back catalogue to justify their actions. Following on from a recent item, it's now been confirmed that radio amateur Doreen Bogdan-Martin, Kilo Delta II Juliet Tango X-Ray, has become the first woman to be elected as Secretary-General of the International Telecommunication Union. She decisively beat her Russian rival, Rashid Ismailov, by 139 votes to 25. She will succeed Hulin Zhao, who has been in the role since 2014, when her term begins on the 1st of January 2023. Doreen tweeted that she was immensely proud to be the first woman ever elected to the post of ITU Secretary-General. We finally smashed a 157-year-old glass ceiling, she said, and I hope this result inspires women and girls everywhere to dream big and make those dreams a reality. It must be good news to have a radio amateur at the top of one of the world's most significant organisations in telecommunications. I have been monitoring the amateur radio communications over in the USA as hurricanes impact on that part of the world. I can hear the Salvation Army net on 20 metres on a frequency of 14.325 MHz upper sideband. The Salvation Army have a big emergency comms setup and specialise in health and welfare, particularly with their track and trace service, which intends to find displaced or missing persons and reunite them with their family. Ares, the amateur radio emergency service in America, tends towards the reporting side of things, using the vast network of radio hams in every corner of the country to report on the prevailing weather conditions and damage reports. But they also provide amateur radio links at local emergency operations centres in support of the heavily oversubscribed official channels. This includes, of course, the islands that America owns in the Caribbean Sea. Unlike here in Europe, it may surprise some to learn that the US regulator, the FCC, has some rather outmoded license conditions for the highest speed that radio amateurs can send data signals at. It's 300 bode, which is pitifully slow, compared to the speeds that can easily be achieved by a radio amateur with a simple laptop and a transceiver using modern software. 
The question that seems to have no answer is why they're dragging their heels. And it's without doubt an impediment to fast transfer of large chunks of essential information during disaster relief operations. So once again, the USA national body, the ARRL, has gone to the regulator in the current hurricane emergencies and asked to use higher speeds. The Federal Communications Commission in the USA has granted an emergency request from the nation's amateur radio society for a 60-day temporary waiver intended to facilitate amateur radio emergency communications for hurricane relief. The waiver was adopted on Tuesday, September 27, 2022, and immediately permitted amateur radio operators supporting amateur data transmission for Hurricane Ian traffic to employ a higher symbol rate for data transmissions than the current limit of 300 bode. In its order, the FCC concluded that granting the request waiver was in the public interest. Puerto Rico was recently hit by Hurricane Fiona, and Hurricane Ian is predicted to cause significant damage, including disruption to electricity and communication services. Thus, to accommodate amateur radio operators assisting in the recovery efforts, the FCC granted the ARRL's waiver request for the period of 60 days to be effective in any parts of the United States and its territories impacted by the hurricanes. The waiver is limited to amateur radio operators in the United States and its territories using publicly documented data protocols that are compatible with FCC rules, with the exception of the data rate limit waived for those directly involved with HF Hurricane Relief Communications. The ARRL's request stated that trained amateur radio operators are working with emergency management officials and aid organisations to assist with disaster relief communications in anticipation of the arrival of Hurricane Ian. The ARRL sought the waiver for their amateur radio emergency service, that's ARES volunteers, and other amateur radio support groups working with federal, state and local emergency management officials to assist with disaster relief. Similar written waivers have been granted by the FCC in earlier years. To qualify, a protocol or mode exceeding the 300 bode symbol rate limit must be publicly documented, use no more bandwidth than the currently permissible slower protocols, which is generally accepted to be the bandwidth of an SSB signal or 2.8 kHz, and be used solely for communications relating to hurricane relief. The FCC's standing rules prevent the use of certain protocols capable of higher data rate emissions in the HF or shortwave bands that many amateur stations active in emergency communications preparedness are capable of using. The ARRL described that equipment they plan to use exceeds the 300 bode symbol limit and that the higher data rates are critical in sending relief communications. Many use radio modems and personal computers capable of using digital protocols and modes that will permit faster messaging rates than normally permitted under the FCC's rules. The ARRL pointed out that higher data rates can be critical to timely transmission of relief communications, such as lists of needed and distributed supplies. The ARRL also explained that radio amateurs using higher speed emissions for hurricane-related messages in the United States and its territories must be able to communicate with similar stations, such as with Caribbean-based stations that are directly involved with hurricane relief efforts, and also with official federal stations on the five channels in the 5 MHz band involved with the SHARES network and other interoperability partners on those frequencies.
The ARRL also pointed out that the past FCC temporary waivers have allowed such protocols in similar events, including Hurricanes Maria, Dorian, Laura and Ida, typhoon relief communications in Hawaii and wildfires in the western areas of the US. In 2016, in response to an ARRL petition for rulemaking, the FCC proposed to remove the symbol rate limitations, which it tentatively concluded had become unnecessary due to advances in modulation techniques and no longer served a useful purpose. That proceeding is still pending. You're listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a comment or a question, pop us over an email. Our address is vibes at southgatearc.org. That's vibes at southgatearc.org. You never know, we might feature your message in a future edition. Putting aside for a moment the rising concern about space junk and the amount of metal the human race is tossing into orbit around our planet, it is refreshing to see that satellite experimentation is falling into the reach of countries that you might not expect to be stepping on even the first rung of the space race. Needless to say, perhaps, radio amateurs tend to be involved. And while these small satellite projects will have basic science research purposes, they will often include some communications facilities which are of use to radio amateurs. Satellite communication in the amateur service really is a growing part of the hobby. South Africa's independent online web pages report that Zimbabwe's first satellite, ZimSat-1, carrying an amateur radio APRS digipeter, is expected to be launched to the International Space Station in October. The satellite will host a multispectral camera and image classification tool, as well as a device to transmit and receive signals from amateur radio operators. APRS is the Amateur Packet Reporting System, and the signals can include object GPS coordinates, weather station telemetry, text messages, announcements, queries, and other telemetry. Named ZimSat-1, the Sunday Mail in Zimbabwe reported that the nano-satellite will reach the International Space Station next month before it's launched into orbit, scheduled for November. ZimSat-1 will be on board the Cygnus NG-18, an uncrewed spacecraft that provides commercial cargo resupply to the International Space Station on behalf of NASA, from where it will be released into space. Zimbabwe's ambitious satellite is reportedly scheduled to reach the International Space Station by the 28th of October, before being launched from the Kibo, Japan's science module on the International Space Station. You can read more at www.iol.co.za and the Zimbabwe Sunday Mail can be found at www.sundaymail.co.zw. And students at the National Technical University of Ukraine, the Igor Sikorsky Kiev Polytechnic Institute, have built an amateur radio CubeSat, which they expect to launch soon. The 2U CubeSat, QBUA01, is a project driven by Kiev National University. The mission is to launch a Ukrainian educational satellite built by KPI students and space exploration enthusiasts for solving a number of educational, scientific and technological university problems. 
Specific mission targets are the construction and launch of a nano-satellite to test advanced space technologies, study the available capabilities and find new tasks for the development of near space. And also to study the operation of solar sensors, a GPS GLONASS receiver, magnetometers, gyroscopes, electromagnets and flywheels in systems which provide orientation and stabilisation in space. They also want to look at thermal regulation of a local heat source based on micro-heat pipes in low orbit, as well as testing the operation of new software to control satellite systems and obtain telemetry at the ground station. Amateur operators around the world will be able to participate in the mission by receiving satellite telemetry, beacon and science payload data about the micro-heat pipe. You can find out more at cubesat.com.ua. The students are proposing a 9K6 data download on UHF using the AX25 packet protocol. The launch is planned for November 2022 on the Transporter 6 SpaceX mission into a 530km sun-synchronous orbit. You can read a lot more by visiting www.amsatuk.me.uk. Well, this is podcast number 199, which means that the next episode will be the 200th Southgate Vibes. I've got a few interesting things in store for you, so don't touch that dial, as they used to say on pirate radio in the 60s. So, one more item for you this time. And over in Australia, it looks like improvements to the amateur radio licence are moving a step further to reality, with positive comments starting to emerge from the Spectrum Regulator. Australia's communications regulator, ACMA, has asked radio amateurs to comment on their proposed new amateur class licence and considerations for higher power 1 kilowatt operation. Following the extensive 2021 public consultation and associated response to submissions, the ACMA have released a consultation paper on the proposed amateur class licence and supporting operational arrangements, along with considerations for higher power operation. This is the next step in their review of regulatory arrangements for the operation of non-assigned amateur stations. The draft class licence for amateur radio has been amended to incorporate changes suggested by representative bodies, amateur radio clubs and individual amateurs during the 2021 consultation. The consultation paper, proposed class licence and details about how to make a submission are available on the ACMA website at www.acma.gov.au and submissions close on Tuesday the 29th of November 2022. ACMA says that if you have an important question about the consultation, send it directly to spectrumlicensingpolicy at acma.gov.au. ACMA says that they may use the Amateur Radio Update e-bulletin to answer frequently asked questions. You can subscribe to the ACMA Amateur Radio Newsletter at www.acma.gov.au. Well, that's it for this time. You've been listening to Southgate Vibes, stories about amateur radio and the world of communications from Southgate Amateur Radio News. You can find these stories and many more daily reports at our website, southgatearc.org. 
Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by sending an email to vibes at southgatearc.org. So until next time, this is Steve Richards, G4 Hotel Papa Echo, signing off and wishing you best 7-3.